I don't know where all my time went I don't know how to define it So tell me how do I fight it When it feels so wrong It's on the tip of my tongue It's every line in this song The little things have been with me all along Alright, Chloe. I want you to keep an eye on my pocket watch. I... This, just I, just I'm, keep following it with your eyes. I'm pretty sure okay. this... No, Chloe, just just chill out. <laughs> chill. Just watch watch my pocket okay. 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 Watch as it moves. It moves left to right. <laughs> side to side. I, I don't think that this... And you're... Shh, be quiet. You're not looking at pocket. Stop it. Watch my, watch my pocket watch. Okay. 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 All right. As you watch... You start to feel heavy. Like your diaper. <laughs> You'll start to feel heavy and tired and exhausted as the weight of the world, the big scary world, is pressing down on you. But if you just take a breath and relax, it'll all go away. You'll start feeling very sleepy. Slowly let everything go. Relax your muscles. Let your eyes drift shut. Slowly. Relaxed, calm. Okay, Chloe. Now, when I snap my fingers, you're going to fill your diaper helpless. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the usual bet and 18 up age play discussion podcast. Every week we make a bet and lose some diapers for the next episode. I'm the big sister and hypnotist extraordinaire Sophie E. Elizabeth. I'm the bim baby hypno slut Chloe Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> I. I where did the the pocket watch motif of 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 fake hypnotism even come from? That's a where really did... good question, and I I'm gonna actually probably talk about it a little bit. Okay, because, because... <laughs> I want to have a discussion on hypnosis today. I really I, I couldn't tell from your cold <laughs> open that that was your goal. <laughs> Um, I think that the AVDL community has uh, a big fixation with hypnosis in a general sense because it's it's like a mind control thing. It's like being able to turn people baby, being able to make people do baby things. It's, you know, it's a way to to cross over the bounds and limitations of our reality and physical world and have something that we can't otherwise achieve via people toying with their brains like like their little switchboards that they can just change around and do whatever they want with yeah and i think that um hypnosis is really good for that sort of uh fantasy because um it is something that has some sort of plausible mm -hmm, backing mm -hmm. to it which i'll get into um but also it it can alleviate all of your personal inhibitions your your the things that stop you from just filling your pants on command it can it can work to to alleviate those things and and in in like a hypnotic scene that's 
that's something that can be really powerful. It's also it's also innocent. Yeah. Uh, compared to like a lot of forms of dominance, hypnosis is much more innocent and cutesy. Slow, soft, gentle. So, yeah. if we're going to talk about hypnosis, I'm going to put some things on the board. Okay. Number one thing, and everything else is going to be a tangent of this thing. Sure. I, despite talking about it all the time, know next to nothing about hypnosis. I, I talk about it. I joke about it a lot. I know what's fake hypnosis, but I only know a handful of things. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put those on the table if we're actually going to talk about this. If this is the time to talk about the Hypno Baby episode. Yeah. Okay. So, um, first and foremost, the reason why I brought this up in the first place. The closeness to the ABDL community is a big one. I actually remember going to my first, I think it was Capcom. Mm-hmm. And I took, like, a class on, like, intro hypnosis. And... It, it was it was enlightening. I knew a lot of the stuff they were talking about, but um, I got to see some stuff in action. Um, I also think that this is a topic that could use a lot of education. Yes. Like, uh, there's a lot of misinformation about hypnosis. It's almost like there's, there's writers out there, like authors for stories, <laughs> who intentionally go out of their way to make hypnosis seem like this thing that can just mind control people. I don't know who would do that. That's that's a really... That's kind of... A, you shouldn't spread a misinformation like that. Uh-huh. But, uh, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. I know there's there's probably a few authors out there, or, like, artists, too, that, that draw yeah. hypnosis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Some of them named Sophie, oh, specifically. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm uh-huh. sure many people have that name. Uh, also, not to get too off-tangent, Misinformation is a great name for a hypnosis-based supervillain. <gasps> Misinformation, that's a great one. <laughs> okay, so um, the final reason was because uh, a few days ago, my mommy sent me a text message out of the blue it was really really hot yeah yeah i'm Maybe actually should, hold oh, on, yeah, i'm gonna should, read I'm yeah you should elaborate on that elaborate okay. for for the class she was about to go to bed and uh she said off i go to dream sexy dreams of my diapered baby getting hypnotized into wetting herself while i grind on her diaper Damn! Out of the blue. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I know I'm the baby <laughs> sister, but damn! <laughs> hey, what? Yeah. Uh, this is also a really good reason why you should share your kinks and like your interests and stuff with oh, your yeah. partners because uh, these are things that I've talked very, very lightly about, and she picked up because she is very empathetic. Um, but she said this to me, and I got into this big conversation about like that's really hot. Like I, I'd, I'd like to role play mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. kind of thing and she she's like i don't know anything about hypnosis other than like what you see on tv so like how would i go about doing that and we got in this really long discussion on what it would look like to hypnotize someone both in a role play sense and in a real life actual hypnosis sense mm-hmm. so first i think that what we'll do is we'll we'll talk about some of the the common uh not even misconceptions, but the common thoughts that people have when they think of hypnosis. Okay. So, so I, Chloe, hit me with just what you think hypnosis well, can do and what it is and things about it. Yeah, I'll give you, like I was saying, my understanding of hypnosis. A couple things. First and foremost, it can't make you do anything you don't want to do. That's true. It 
it, it can't make you walk around and quack like a duck unless you're fully ready and willing to quack like a duck because you'd think it'd be funny. It's really um, interesting um, because I think a lot of the reason why people, like stage performers, why hypnosis works on stage and for things like that is because these, the pressure of being on stage mm-hmm. as an audience member, you feel so compelled to it's like it's like there's a milgram's like prison guard experiment Mm -hmm. where like you feel like you have to obey people in command Mm -hmm. when you are up on that stage your self-preservation isn't strong enough to go well we we shouldn't quack like a duck because it's (laughs) like everyone's watching you they're expecting everyone's Mm -hmm. expecting it so you you almost feel like you You even want to do it even though you might not and and you don't want to undermine the entire act that's going on like it's there's a lot of factors but I learned this actually from Pudding, and Pudding is an expert, uh, professional hypnodom, but she's very she's very off the scene, so she doesn't really talk about it a lot. But I learned you can't you can't be made to do anything you don't want to do. All mm-hmm. hypnosis can do is release, like you said earlier, your own inhibitions, your own like blockers stopping you from doing what you want to do. Yeah, like like you might want to fill your diaper. But there's a million reasons why you you shouldn't fill your diaper, mm-hmm. and the hypnosis deletes all of those, or it, it, it actually cr- takes like a, a a Looney Tunes road sign and says Sophie go this way and drives you on a path completely around all the roadblocks mm-hmm. straight into filling your pants zone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that it's it's not it's not pocket watch based you can't simply watch like a watch go back and forth and suddenly be hypnotized i there is there is some truth to that that's okay see i didn't know that okay um it is very common in media when hypnotizing someone to use some sort of pocket watch charm something dangling on a string that turn that goes from one side to the other Mm -hmm. and you watch it rocking back and forth um this is something that was little understood when it came about, but it seemed to work. And no one really got why it worked. I have a but question. But it did work. Okay. That seems like it's replicating, like, REM. Like, like how your eyes start back and forth. Is it ah, tied to that? So, um, not exactly, but a Darn. little bit. Okay, a little bit. Um, I get a little bit of a treat. I'm sure that the... The creation of this pocket watch idea probably stemmed from the idea of REM. And I think REM probably factors into what I'm about to talk about a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, psychologically speaking, your your two sides of your brain uh, deal with different things. Yeah, I know that. Like, yours deal with adult thoughts on one side and baby thoughts on the other. And and the baby thought side is much more powerful than the adult th- thought side. Yes, <laughs> you've proven my point. Thank you. Um, but it's like how um, um, damage to one side of your brain it affects the other side of your mm-hmm. body. Or when you see through one eye, that is uh, sent to the other side of your brain for processing. I believe you. <laughs> um, basically, a lot of what you do is flipped. It's like when you when you when you see things, you're seeing them upside down, and your brain flips them. I have heard that song lyric. Yes, um, but uh, your brain works in two hemispheres. One is predominantly 
in logic mm-hmm. and one is predominantly in imagination. Um, that isn't to say there isn't crossover like the uh, frontal lobe and the occipital lobe, which are the front and the back of your brain. Um, the, the back one, uh, occipital, deals with a lot of um, like uh, stimuli, so vision, hearing, stuff like that, uh, whereas the frontal is uh, thought processes and stuff like that. Uh, so um, other than that, your, your brain is still split into these two hemispheres mm-hmm. that each deal with different things. And there have been studies about like removing half a brain because of like trauma. And there have been studies about like what happens if that the corpus callosum, which is the bridge between your two hemispheres, gets severed. What mm-hmm. does that look like? Um, and it's literally like you can cover up one eye and you can show someone a word or something and they will not be able to tell you what the word is and will not be able to read the word but they could describe the thing so if i show you the word bird you'd be like oh it's one of those flying things but you wouldn't be able to (laughs) say the word that's that's so interesting but alternatively if you do it the other side you'd be able to read the thing but then you'd be like i don't really remember what that is but it, (laughs) it is a bird so it's it's these two okay. disparate parts of your brain. Okay, you have educated me on on how how the brain works. Yeah, and there's a lot of elasticity. There's a lot of like brain science is such a a soft science um, because it's so little is understood about it. Like mm-hmm. we we do our best to work with these concepts of neurons and and electrical stimulation in the brain, um, but it's not something that is is so known that we know what exactly does what like we we're general generalizing everything yeah so um when you are dreaming the speculation is that your eyes are moving back and forth accessing both sides of your brain you are making okay. sense of the imagination side and the logic side and you're processing information from your day okay um and this creates a lot of weird stuff hypnosis which was the pocket watch concept and the back and forth, which does mimic a lot of the stuff for that, is to, dis- to toggle between to toggle the two between sides, two sides okay. very quickly. That's interesting. Okay. More recently, um, the the science of hypnosis, which is is sparse, um, has a lot more scientific grounding because of a new therapy in the past like ten years called EMDR. I have heard of this, and this is about literally making it's it's. Uh, eye movement, something, something. But um, it's literally the idea where someone puts a finger in front of your face Mm -hmm. and moves their finger from one side of your face to the other and you follow it with your eyes. Mm -hmm. And um, then you do... There's a whole therapy thing here. I will get into that in a second. But... um, this mimics hypnosis. This is... This is... You looking at it and go, well, that's hypnosis. That's what hypnosis is, Mm -hmm. right? And you gotta... You gotta think about, like, well... What is it actually doing? What's the science there? And um, the, the reason why this works, and they've expanded upon it, is not just eye movement. You can do these things called tappers that um, either you either hold these two like, um, like uh, metal things that vibrate, and it mm-hmm. vibrates one side, vibrates the other side, and bounces back and forth. Or sometimes um, if a therapist is, is comfortable and can't afford like actual machinery like that, they will tap on your thighs, like, uh, like on your okay. knees. And, like, the, the, the stimuli from one side of your body to the other side of your body, each which is processed in a different side of your brain. Um, How interesting. It makes that corpus callosum part work a lot. And it starts bridging these two disparate sides of your brain. 
if you're ever wondering why you get mad at something and that 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 anger lingers, like uh, you're driving and yeah. someone cuts you off and you get like road rage and you're just like, what the hell? You're a badger. You're doing all this stuff. And then as you pass by them, you see like their kid is climbing over their seat. And suddenly you understand why they did what they did. Mm-hmm. Your anger doesn't go away. It might it might soften. Logic definitely impacts emotion, mm-hmm. but it doesn't control it. Um, your your feelings and your logic, while informing each other, do not control one another. Because they're is, different parts of your head. This is why when you get anxious, you can explain your anxiety away, but the anxiety doesn't go away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same for any emotion. And it works in reverse as well, where um, you could feel really calm and good about something, even though you don't understand it at all. Yeah. Um, it, emotion and logic are very disparate. But the problem there comes with memory. You, you have uh, I, I'm getting really psychology instead, sure of, instead of really <laughs> hypnosis but I promise we're gonna we're gonna loop back um, but memory is stored on both sides of your brain mm-hmm. logic memory and imagination memory or like uh, visual memory and spatial memory and stuff these are stored in dis- different parts of your brain so when you think back on something you don't get the whole picture um, EMDR, what its goal is, is to bridge the connections between these two sides. So suddenly you can put together a whole picture. It's, it's the idea of being able to say like, oh, what happened when you were 10 uh, and your mom yelled at you? And you're like, oh, she just got really mad at me. And I remember crying a lot. It's like, mm-hmm. that's all emotion. You might not even remember the logic. Or even if you do remember the logic, you might not be able to pair that logic with that memory. Yeah. And then you, you ha- th- this helps with that. That makes sense. Anyway, doubling back to hypnosis, the reason why the pocket watch thing works is because you are creating a a weakness in someone's defenses. Yeah. The, the, the difference between your brain, the split in your brain between logic and imagination is a defensive one. When you are out hunting and you need to think about where the the deer went mm-hmm. then sitting there and, and daydreaming is the opposite of what you want to do you, okay. you want to operate in one space or the other and i think a lot of people who have trouble getting into little space have problems jumping out of that logic brain and into that like imagination brain okay so the pocket watch it takes back and forth and it it bridges your connection between like logic and imagination and emotion and all that stuff it 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 makes those two sides of your head work together uh, a lot more than they want to do. Yes. This could be really good for therapy stuff, which is why hypnotherapy is a thing. And mm-hmm. It's still a thing, and it's still helpful <laughs> as long as you have a good hypnotherapist and they're not trying to, like, mind control you. Then, <laughs> yes, hypnotherapy can be really helpful for something like this. Because um, you can uh, fight someone's... Uh, Fight's maybe the wrong word with therapy, but you can overcome someone's like like erroneous emotions with their logic, yes, or like, or you can help connect their emotions with their logic. Yes, or something. I'm like afraid that. of spiders. Yes. Logically, I know the likelihood of a spider actually hurting me is negligible, mm-hmm. but I'm still terrified of them. Like horribly, horribly afraid of them. EMDR or hypnotherapy is a good way of of kind of bridging that connection of hey. It, they're not going to hurt you, and there's nothing to be afraid of with the, the fear that I've got. Mm-hmm. You can maybe diminish that fear. So you could take that fear, ground it in logic, yeah. when normally that's something you can't really do in real life, is ground yourself with logic, unless unless you're, you're a hyper-logical person who is not very focused on imagination and emotion. Right. 
So this kind of doubles back to what you were talking about of you can't make someone do something they don't want to do using yes. hypnosis. It, because you're, you're just bridging that connection and allowing them to basically make the realizations. All hypnosis is, and this is what I, what I tell people, is you are giving someone permission to do something that they aren't giving themselves permission to do. Okay. Um, and, and giving them an excuse to, to do that. Yes. Um, this comes to uh, another part of what I know about hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And I actually want to summarize in a minute here, but I'm going to say this first. So another thing I learned from Pudding when she was doing professional hypnodom stuff mm-hmm. is more so than even the act of hypnotizing someone, even the thought that someone who wants to be hypnotized is quote unquote hypnotized whether or not they actually are is enough to to get them to do the things that they actually want to do because they can excuse themselves yeah even like like someone who's uh got a really repressed little side who is going to a professional hypnotist whether the hypnotist was successful hypnotist hypnotherapist i don't know hypnotom i don't know the terms at all anyway hypnotist would be like a broad category of the other two whether or not the hypnotism was successful, that person leaves there thinking, I have been hypnotized. I I can do these things now. I'm I'm legally allowed. It's, uh-oh, it's outside of my control. Which I think we as people do a lot of, uh, like, uh, rationalization. We rationalize everything. I know I rationalize everything. Yeah. I'll sit there up in my room being like, all right, I've got a project to do right now, but... I can't do it because of so- there's like a fly buzzing around. The con- the conditions aren't right. I, I can't I can't go edit the podcast. I, the I conditions have to be favorable <laughs> for me to do that. Um, okay, so I want to jump from the theoretical scientific stuff into the actual fun. I I want to I want to summarize what you've said because yeah. you said a lot. I did. I'm sorry. I followed it because I'm I'm aware of of all the stuff. This but... is like one of my favorite things about my <laughs> profession. So so. What you what Sophie said specifically is, your head, your mind works in two ways. It's got logic and it's got like creativity, imagination, emotion, all that stuff. And hypnosis is basically taking those two, you bridge the gap. Logic gets influenced by imagination. Imagination gets influenced by logic, and you you play with them like they're like they're two different Play-Dohs that you're turning into something else. Yeah. Um, Which, that puts it into sexier terms. You play with someone's brain. That yes. sounds fun. That's hot. Yes. Uh, I think more importantly, um, with uh, hypnosis, especially in play, hypnodom stuff, with stepping out of therapy and going back into the fun, the kink of it, mm-hmm. um, hypnosis lowers your defenses. You say that it allows you to work both your logic brain and your like emotion or, or imagination brain together, but usually that's prevented by that middle barrier keeping them apart Mm -hmm. what hypnosis does is it lowers that barrier um this increases susceptibility and uh this is what in in hypnosis is called a trance yeah um now there are two parts of hypnosis and hypnosis play there is a trance Mm -hmm. state and there is a suggestibility state okay Um, i don't know i officially don't know anything about this I, i i i've been in trance state all of once thanks to you a long time ago so the trance part of hypnosis is the the pocket watch mm-hmm. it is the talking it is the you're getting sleepy it is the um you feel very relaxed it is the the lowering of the barrier it is the lowering your defenses that is okay. the trance part and then once you achieve that trance you are susceptible and mm-hmm. that is where the fun, talky stuff comes in <laughs> in the instructions. So, I want to talk a touch on the trance stuff. 
Yeah, tell me, tell me, because nothing can work without the trance. Right. First, first you have to bridge the gap between yep. the two parts of your mind, and and that's how we get into the baby brain part. Yep. But other than that, you have the the big brain. I'm I'm yes. officially gonna say the castrum whatever the middle part of your brain is anti little we're gonna try go back to that and it's anti little it yeah actually it really is um, <laughs> if you want to think about it like that uh so when hypnotizing someone that trance state there's i'm talking here from an actual hypnosis standpoint but please understand when i am describing this to you i am telling you how to play hypnosis Mm -hmm. playing hypnosis and being hypnotized are not all that different what it really comes down to is the susceptibility of the person being hypnotized Mm -hmm. the patience of the hypnotist and like that really is going to define in repetition. And that's really going to define the difference between play hypnosis and actual hypnosis. I, I want to go out and I want to I want to say something because I, I can already hear the people saying I can't be hypnotized. Yes. And if you're saying you can't be hypnotized, you won't be. If, if you're you want right. to if you want to fight against it that bad, you won't be. That's like saying I I if someone put a diaper on me, I wouldn't wet it. You could choose not to wet it and put yourself in probably a lot of pain from holding your bladder and and being obstinate. But like, do you, is that is that fun? Is that what you want to do, or do you want to enjoy the experience of being hypnotized? If you don't want to, then just don't be. You have it, it's the kind of thing you have to you have to let yourself be have fun with. You gotta yeah. let yourself be vulnerable, or you won't be vulnerable, and that's part of the play. Um. So I'm going to speak to two groups of people. I'm okay. speaking to the hypnotists, and I'm speaking to the hypno- hypnotized. Okay. The babies. The yes. hypnosluts. <laughs> For the hypnotists, if you want to play hypnotist, don't think that you are playing. Don't think that you're, like, just, it's a game. It is a game, but, like, what you're doing could happen. Like, it could help. It could work. And mm-hmm. and it's something that you should have fun with. Um so even if you feel stupid so what like worst comes to worst it doesn't work and you role play that it did like it's so much fun like even if it doesn't work it's still so much fun to pretend it does and i can tell if you're if you're playing if you're like having a scene hey if if the other person's real in that subspace they're they're gonna act as if they were hypnotized regardless because subspace itself is a powerful enough motivator to outside your inhibitions yes let alone a a scene in which someone has been reprogrammed hey little space and subspace in a way are trances like they are a little bit of a trance um anyway so for the hypnotists out there what you want to do the pocket watch thing is perfectly viable the get a get a cute necklace that people like get use a pacifier i don't care Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. you're not trying to swing it like a pendulum move your hand like from left to right um, and the, the thing will naturally sway left to right. You don't want to be, like, whipping it around. like a, You don't want your hand to be stationary. Um, and while you're talking, your goal is to get someone to be relaxed. You want them to be calm. You want them to be serene. Whatever words that you can use that would put them there is good. Additionally, you don't have to use a visual stimuli. Pudding doesn't. And that's because pudding used to do this stuff auditorily Mm -hmm. through like Skype and stuff like that and didn't use video. So she would do auditory hypnosis, which is perfectly valid. Um, And what you want to do there is paint a picture, make a very, very calm scene, a a personal, quiet little trance space. Um, What pudding does is usually uh, water, 
Uh, she does like you are underwater, you can breathe fine, everything's blue around you, the little light shimmers off everything, you feel so warm in this water, etc., etc. Um, so, it, correct me if I'm wrong, what she does is she creates images for your logical brain to play with and then, and then tries to connect that with emotions, right? Is yeah, that... it's it's more like an imaginary space that you just your logic brain is comfortable with. So okay. so like if you were like, okay, you're you're in a, a meadow with a cabin, but like your hypnotizee hypnotized mm-hmm. has like some trauma at a cabin somewhere, that's not gonna work. <laughs> like you you wanna find a space where you can even ask beforehand, like, hey, where are you really comfortable? What makes you really happy? What's a really simple, calm, quiet place where you've never felt more relaxed? Relax, relaxation is your goal here. Mm-hmm. On a scale from from one to ten or zero to ten of anxiety, if you ask them when they are in trance, how is your anxiety? They should say zero. Mm-hmm. That is your goal. Um, if you can get them to that point, then you're good. Uh, so yes, you don't have to just use like the pocket watch thing. You can you can use imagery. You can build a world. Um, Building a world is also really good or having some sort of thing to draw back on because the next time you trance someone, they will get into it easier. Easier and easier and easier the more you do it because it's repetition, it's habit. Mm -hmm. Um, If you do the pocket watch thing, they might slip into it a little bit easier, but you don't have those visual cues that you can use. It's actually more like the process is the thing that's familiar to them. Um, So even a combination of the two would be great. I personally, when when I do hypnosis play... I love the pocket watch thing because it's it's stereotypical, it's basic, it's easy, um, and it fits the kind of role play in my head. Yeah. But at the same time, what really actually gets me into a trance is that visualization. That's fair. My eyes close after a few minutes. Um, okay. The last tip I have for the hypnotists is take your time. You want them to be calm. You want them to relax. You don't want to rush it. I would say your first time putting someone into a trance is minimum 10-15 minutes. That's, wow, okay. It's it's supposed to be calming, even if you repeat yourself over and over and over and have them feel, smell, see, taste, all these different things around them. Um, repeating them, that's okay, repetition is fine. You want them to be as relaxed as possible. Now I'm going to move on to the, the hypnotherapy hypnotized the hypnotizees um number one thing like chloe said you want to let it happen it's it's like therapy or like any any kind of system which you have to you have to like like work with yourself you have to want to do it you have to want to to change you have to want to be vulnerable or susceptible to to outside influences if you think it's not going to work it's not going to work Um, To which, for these people, I've got a few tips for you. The number one thing that I have to say to fall into these trances is talk to yourself and repeat what's being said to you. You have an inner monologue. You can't turn that off. Well, I mean, not everybody does. Some people don't. What? What do you mean some people don't? Some people don't have an inner monologue. What do you mean some people don't have an inner monologue? I mean it. Some people don't have an inner monologue. It's like a handful of people, like, like, compared to the whole general population, but some people don't have an inner monologue. Oh. Okay. You might have an inner monologue? (laughs) I I have a little voice in my head always telling me things. Um, Anyway, you might have an inner monologue, and it's hard to turn that off if you do have one. 
instead use that inner monologue take uh what they're saying if they say you're feeling really sleepy say i'm feeling really sleepy if they say you're feeling very relaxed say i'm feeling very relaxed in your head because one you're overwriting the current monologue you now no longer have room to say this is stupid this isn't gonna work i'm not feeling anything that's the first thing the second thing is the difference between someone else saying something and you saying something to yourself is vast um taking your own personal uh, voice in your head and telling yourself you feel a certain way even if you don't feel that way actually means that you're much more likely to feel that way Hmm. instead of someone else telling you it's like if i tell chloe you're a baby you're like okay but if you tell yourself i'm a baby that's like oh i'm a baby like it Mm -hmm, it means mm -hmm. a lot more hearing it in your voice in your head that makes sense um and uh the second tip i have is be comfortable find a a comfy place don't be don't be don't be sitting up straight in a in a like be hunched over be on the couch be on your bed be laying down i'm always more comfortable laying down i prefer to be hypnotized laying down Mm -hmm. um always always be comfortable because the the smallest pains or, or or discomforts on your body are going to draw you away from the relaxation part it's i i think they're distractions it's like when you're you're about to fall asleep and then something really minor happens in your room, I think. Like like say like a cat like scratched something or, or fell off something or it made a small noise and you're like, Oh, a noise and then you start surfacing from, from almost being asleep. I think it's like that, right? Yeah, pretty much exactly. Uh you you just you wanna minimize your distractions. Uh White noise machines are great. Um, fans, if you have those in your room or something, are great. Uh, keep your doors closed if you've got pets that are going to jump on the bed. Um, it's, you know, it's it just minimize distractions, minimize <laughs> things that can take you away from it. Okay. All right. That is trance state. Once you are in that trance state is the fun part. It's the fun part. It's, okay. I know next. I, I knew a lot about trance state. I, I had a pretty good understanding of that, of, of how you get there, of, like, what it is. I know literally nothing about suggestibility. I know nothing about, like, what it can do. So I want to I wanna ask you some questions. Sure. And then I want to have you explain. Yeah. So, you're in suggestibility state. Yeah. Yeah, well, when, you're, when you're in trance state, you're suggestible. So, like, yeah. they're, like, the same thing. But. So, what can you make someone do? Can you, like, can you make them, like, wet themselves right then and there? Can can you, or is it, like, a kind of, you, you have to wait till they're out of suggestibility? Um, can you make someone wet themselves at all in general? Like, and and then furthermore, to complicate it, one with another layer, how much does someone's own inhibitions come in? Like, like if I'm, if I'm brand new to wearing diapers, wetting myself could be really, really hard. Yes. And I don't, I don't quite know why that is in the first place, uh-huh. but... Uh, it takes a while to be able to 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 use a diaper. Yeah. Um. So so, could this can this overcome that? And yeah. So that's that's my first pretty loaded question. It's like a it's like a platter of a question. Okay. Yes and no. Um. Can you make someone wet themselves? Um. Not really. For adults, wetting yourself is a conscious choice. Mm-hmm. Um. <sighs> Obviously, yes, you can have accidents. Yes, there are situations where it's not a conscious choice. You can wet the bed, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And a lot like dreaming, you, you could get someone to do this. 
but it's going to take repetition. It's going to okay. take patience. Um, I don't think that it's something that you will be able to immediately, once you get someone in the trance for the first time, say, wet yourself, and then they'll just do it. Okay. Um, there's a few reasons for this. The first reason is that you are demanding someone do a physical action. Okay. And that's not, it's not an easy action to do. If you are someone who's been wearing diapers your entire life, uh, if you really like them, if you have so much experience wetting yourself all the time in your bed, laying down, standing up, walking, etc., etc., it's going to be significantly easier because this action, this basic action of wet yourself is so much easier to achieve. That makes sense. If you are someone, like you said, who is new to diapers and you say wet yourself, that won't happen. Mm -hmm. they, they can't overcome their their habits because you told them to. That makes sense. Um, and in the same way, like it's self-preservation. Self-preservation mm -hmm. is never going to come second to hypnosis. It will always be hypnosis. Self-preservation. And this is, this is, you think like, Hey, that's a bad thing because that sucks because I, I'm not going to be able to wet myself on command. Mm-hmm. But it's a great thing. It means that if a trigger happens and you're out at work and someone triggers you, you're not going to wet yourself because your self-preservation takes precedence over your hypnosis. Mm -hmm, it will mm -hmm. always be that way. Um, unless uh, you get to a point where you'd rather sincerely, honestly wet yourself at work than, than be the professional that you are at work. Like, it's... <laughs> It's not, for some people, that's the case, in which case, yes, it would work. But okay. it, it's always going to be what you truly, would, your, your own survival, your own safety will always triumph over hypnosis. That makes sense. Another thing that you ask, and I really like this, is can you make someone wet themselves while they're in trance? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is a susceptibility. Honestly, you're probably more likely to get someone to wet themselves <laughs> in trance than, than out of trance. Okay, that's very interesting. And um, that's because the lower the defenses are, the easier that's going to be. There's a few tips I would like to give to people who think, well, I really want to get so-and-so to wet themselves. Mm -hmm. The first one is... Make it simple. The simpler something is, the simpler you make anything with hypnosis, the more reasonable it will happen. If you say wet yourself, that's not simple for a lot of people. Okay. You can say, however, you have to use the bathroom. You feel like you have to go potty. That is, honestly, 99% of the time we have to go potty. It's, <laughs> no, listen, like, like, honestly speaking, we have conditioned our bodies to ignore it until it is at a desperate point. But 99% of the time, we can wet yeah. ourselves. If, if, if we it's had like, perfect control over our platter, we could simply do it. It's like if you have to go to, like, a doctor and give, like, a, like a urine sample or something. And you think, well, I don't have to go. And they're like, oh, well, you just try. It's also and then, conditioning. And then you try and it just works. You step in the bathroom and immediately you have to pee more than you thought you did. Because it's conditioning. You, mm -hmm. you, you're just so used to any time you go in the bathroom, you have to pee. I, even when I go to a shower, I always am like, I have to use the bathroom first. Because, like, I stepped into the bathroom. Yeah. You know, like, and that's, like, it's habit forming. So can you can you condition someone that when they are wearing diapers they they have to go in the same way that walking to the bathroom causes them like like yes interesting. absolutely so 
it's a little bit harder because diapers are going to be there whether you are wet or not. Mm -hmm. Whereas with bathrooms, you have to specifically walk into them. But you can make it so someone's like basic level of potty training, their ability to ignore it, even you're not going to be able to change their ability to hold it, but you will change their constant like awareness. Yeah, awareness of it. Um, So, yes, you can do that. That's very interesting. Um, And you can also make it so they are uh, less resistant to using their diapers. Yes. Uh, Which is sexy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, um, suggestibility, which is what we're talking about here, comes in, I guess, three forms. Mm -hmm. Suggestibility, which is what we were talking about here, um, has kind of... uh, two states i guess where one where you're in trance one where you're out of trance the goal here is while you are susceptible while you're in trance you say things you do things that encourage the out of trance behaviors Mm -hmm. there are things that will persist once the trance is over that is that is your goal right and that is why the suggestibility is so important getting people to do things while they're in um in trance is going to be easier than out of trance makes sense but what's really great and why it's called suggestibility is uh, you're you're building these these little these little voices in their head these little suggestions of this happens do this mm-hmm. so these come in two forms the first one is um, overall general suggestibility this is when you're in a diaper you're more okay using it okay this is when you're in a diaper you feel littler mm-hmm. um, And the other one is if-then statements, which is if trigger happens, then action happens. Okay. Or feeling. So you basically, uh, uh, you can make rules for someone, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote, or or triggers. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And so, like, with rules, you can just say, all right, when wearing diapers, you're more baby, and people will, will, if they want to be baby, will uh, Mm -hmm. uh, actually act more childish. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. That's really, that's really, that's all. <laughs> all right. All right. So once again, simplicity comes into play. So the simplest things that people do on a daily, just standard basis that you can really mess with one feelings, okay. feelings come out of nowhere. They go away out of nowhere. They happen. They're a lot of the time uncontrollable and they're human. There mm-hmm. are things that happen perpetually. So saying you feel this way is simple. Okay. Um, saying when you're in a diaper, you feel littler, like you feel smaller. You feel a little bit like more helpless, like feelings. Very, very good for trances. So can you, okay. Uh, I've talked a bit about how like you can't make people do things they don't want. Right. Correct. Can you associate things with feeling feelings people don't want? Can you, can you say like, um, when you don't have a pacifier, you feel anxious yes. or, Really? Yeah. Uh, you can create negative feelings, um, but generally, w- how you would phrase that, because like you said, you need you need to work within the model of you. The person needs to want this. Yes. And to say anytime you don't have your pacifier, you're anxious, is not something is not something wants. people would implicitly desire to be anxious but you could phrase it like when you're anxious a pacifier calms you okay so say someone wants 
to use a pacifier more. They actively want to uh -huh. in their life. Then, if you were to say, if you don't have one, you feel anxious, would that would that self-reinforce? Would they... Again, wanting to feel anxious is never something that people really okay. want to do. But you could say you're happier, you're calmer, or you feel better when your pacifier's on you. Okay. That way, it kind of implies that someone will feel a little bit more anxious, but it's worded in a way that their subconscious wants to latch onto it. That makes sense. Um, so always try to stick with the positives if you're hypnotizing someone. I have, I have another, another question. Sure. Um, and I know I, we, we, I, you really want to get to triggers and stuff and, and like if statements and stuff, and I'm sure people listening do, but we've, we've talked a lot about physical stuff about like, if you're wearing diapers, if mm -hmm. you're like having a pacifier, what about like words? How easy are words to mess with? Like, can you mess with someone's words? If, can you make it so someone is more inclined to say potty instead of bathroom? Or if someone's going to swear, instead of swearing, they, they say like a childish version. Absolutely. Really? So once again, we're, I bring you back to what we're talking about with what do humans naturally do? Mm -hmm. What do humans naturally do? Feeling, very normal thing. Uh, thinking, very normal thing. Saying anytime you uh, step outside, you, you think about um, like how big the world is around you. You can literally just say that because thinking is something so normal people do. Okay. Speaking, something that everyone does out of habit. You don't think about everything you're saying before you, you say it. It's just a mm -hmm. natural, natural thing. That you, you just do. spit things out. Yeah. So... You can definitely mess with people's word patterns. You can okay. say, like, um, you kind of think that bathroom is kind of an ugly word. Like, you know what's a prettier it, word? Potty is a prettier word. Okay. And then they'll just kind of naturally say it a little bit more. And, like, uh, you, you would say, like, ugly and pretty if someone was preoccupied with, like, being cute and pretty, right? But, like... Would you use different word choices if ugly and pretty weren't something that the person cared about? Absolutely. Or... I say that because I like to sound cute when yes. I speak. That's what like, I, see, that's what I thought. You could say soft. You could say cute. You could say um, uh, adorable. You could say uh, attractive. You could say sexy. You could, like... You, things the, things uh, the yeah. person finds positive. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, that's so interesting. And lastly, I think, is actions. And actions are the really hard one that people get because they always want to, they want to demand what, they want to demand what you do. Mm -hmm. But actions aren't immediate. You think about a lot of your actions except for habits. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of people chew their nails. They don't think about this. Um, so tying a habit to an action could be really helpful. For example, um... When you chew your nails, you suck your thumb instead. Okay. You wouldn't say it like that. You'd phrase it probably like, um, when uh, you put your fingers near your mouth, you get the urge to put them in your mouth or something mm -hmm. like that. It's, it's, it's the feeling of doing it rather than the action of doing yeah. it. it. From what I'm coming to understand, it's easier to change why someone is doing something than, mm -hmm. than what they're doing. So, yeah. like, like if someone's bringing their hand towards their mouth, like you said, you change why they're doing it. Instead of saying, don't bite your nails, you say, well, if you're bringing your hand to your mouth anyway... Why not put, why your, thumb not your, mouth? put your thumb in your mouth? 
And that's, that's you can oof, change, oof. you can tie actions to things. This is something that generally won't work in a, a literal sense when you're doing hypnosis the first few times. Mm-hmm. This is something that takes a lot of repetition. But you can start those building blocks. You can say, like, um, when you swear, you put your thumb in your mouth. That is what you're doing there is you're building a habit out of something that doesn't exist, mm-hmm. which obviously takes a long, a long time. time. Just same as same as any habit forming does. Okay. So uh, another thing on that that I want to touch upon and something I've seen happen is while you can, it takes a lot of time to build repetition to do that thing, how much the person actually wants the effect of the hypnosis plays a huge part. Because, like, if you hypnotize someone and say, all right, when you swear, you, you will put your thumb in your mouth. If someone really wants to put their thumb in their mouth whenever they swear, they really want to just be baby, then then... The majority of the driving force behind their action will be their desire to put their thumb in their mouth because they were hypnotized to do it, and they will self-reinforce. Yeah. Which I've seen someone do after being hypnotized once before, and uh, <laughs> it's it's very... You know a really good way of rephrasing what you just said? Yeah. Is you don't need to be hypnotized to get into the habit of putting your thumb in your mouth after you swear. Mm-hmm. If you want to, anytime you swear, you can consciously say, oh, I swore I'm putting my thumb in my mouth, and then you do it. And then eventually, that will become a norm for you. Mm-hmm. All hypnosis does is, one, give you permission to act that way, and two, um, encourage it. It just it just makes, maybe it might make it faster. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's it. Like, you're not going to be able to to command or mind control people. With and, yeah, and... It's fun because instead of being like, oh, well, anytime I swear from now on, I'm going to suck my thumb. That's that's coming from self, and it's something that you don't really like. It's hard to make yourself do things. Mm-hmm. But if it's coming from outside, it's like anytime I, like my hypno, my hypnotist said, anytime I swear, I got to put, I have to put my thumb in my mouth. I guess I'm just such a baby. And then you stick your thumb in your mouth. Yes, and it's that permission thing. Yes, you're self-reinforcing. You've been given permission to to be baby, and it's ugh, ugh. that's the fun stuff. Yes, so now let's move on to triggers, which I'm sure is what a lot of people are really interested in. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, I'm less interested in triggers. Personally, I love the subtle stuff. I think that's where you're more baby though. Like I, I like the. I like the triggers. I like someone saying something or doing something and then me reacting to it in the way that they had instructed me to do against my will. That's really sexy. So. I guess my first question before we start is, do triggers actually work? My brain says they wouldn't, really. Um, Same as any association. Uh, For example, I have, it's not a trigger, it's a habit. I have a thing where if you put something near my mouth, I Mm -hmm. will put it in my mouth. You can put literally anything against my lip and I will put it in my mouth. You can put your thumb there. You can put, uh, like... Uh, a candy or a, a treat like literally anything if it gets near my mouth my mouth automatically opens mm-hmm. this is a normal if then statement this is a normal like conditioned response and that's is this built all from triggers hypnotism? no really uh this is all all this is from just habit people form habits you don't think about it when you don't know what you're doing with your hand you play with your necklace i'm not doing that right yes, now you shut are. up <laughs> Um, and like, it's, it's normal habit to, to just do things. Mm -hmm. And, um, hypnosis is, is kind of working on that. And once again, simplicity is key. This is triggers. Simplicity is always key. 
saying when I snap my fingers, very, 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 very simple statement. Mm-hmm. Such a simple statement. Snapping your fingers, one or two word trigger words, um, like small, simple actions, clapping your hands three times. Simple, simple, simple statements. Okay. Always the best. But saying when I snap my fingers, you're going to wet yourself, probably not going to work because number one, people generally have to build up to that. People don't just automatically wet themselves unless like this is once again, repetition happens over and over. Eventually you might get to that point. It might be fine. But easier one is when I snap my fingers, you're going to need to go potty. Okay. Like, like we talked about. Yeah. You just make them aware. Make of them that. aware of it. Like use, use that same stuff from before the stuff that people automatically do and it'll be fine. So you said it would be hard to like snap fingers and say, you'll wet yourself. Yes. So instead, what you would do is, when I snap my fingers, you will want to wet yourself. Could that work? Or you will you will have the desire to wet yourself? Yes. Um, I feel like sometimes this gets out of the realm of, like, a fun play, though, to make you want something. Mm-hmm. Um, because, sincerely, you've always wanted it. When... I guess... It can be fun because you get into the point of now you get to control when someone wants to do something. Mm-hmm. But more importantly is the fun of hypnosis is making people do things. Yeah. Okay. Um, rather than making them want to do things. Um, generally making them more aware of it. Making them more like just having it be more present on their mind. Maybe they really have to go to the bathroom and they're kind of like fidgeting and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they'll they maybe they'll be like, hey, I have to use the bathroom. And then you can be like... No, we're, we're in a hurry, or like, mm-hmm, oh, maybe mm-hmm. after this episode, or something like this. Um, that's, yeah, that's, it depends on what you want. You can say you will want this, but I think they always wanted that. Yeah, like, so you're, you're being a little redundant there. It's making someone aware of it. What about when I snap my fingers, you will feel baby? Simplifying that down to something more concrete is better, um, because saying you feel baby is like, you might be the kind of person that has a, an exact feeling of, I feel baby, and that's how you associate it. In which case, mm-hmm. that would work perfectly. Okay. A lot of people, you might need to be a little more specific of, you'll feel small. Okay. You'll feel um, like uh, things are a little insurmountable, or you might need help with something. Or mm-hmm. like you might, you might have to clarify what feel baby feeling is. Feeling like, like you feel dependent or yeah, something. Exactly. Or you feel, you feel uncertain. Yep. Okay. Very interesting. Okay, so what are some other examples of triggers, like good triggers, other than like snapping? Like what? What's a good if for the then? Okay, um, for the ifs, anything simple, like I said. So snapping fingers, hand claps, and short phrases. Like, what about what if you did uh, an innocuous word that appears in that person's life frequently? Like if you have if you have like somebody who does a specific job like like they they're at work and you know this word will come up with frequency, what if you did that word? You can. Um, your problem is you probably want about as much reinforcement as you do um, like triggering. Okay. So, so a common word. If you are a using a common word, you'll want to play the hypnosis much more often. Um, if you pick a more innocuous word that they don't hear in their everyday lives, it's going to last longer. Another question. Yeah. Follow up on that. How much is memory playing to stuff? Like, yeah. Like, what so, if you, can you just forget your hypnosis? Like, can you just yes, naturally? And, <laughs> hey, this actually was something that I wanted to bring up. Um, a really good then is forgetting. 
Ooh. People forget things all the so, wait, time. Wait, you can make somebody forget something? Yes. Yeah, so what? part part of um what? part of hypnotherapy is remembering. Remembering is also something that people do all the time. Okay. Once again, this is anything that's a fu- fundamental Ooh. routine part of being a human being is going to be a great thing to trigger. So, for example, when I say my little princess, you'll forget my name. You'll remember that you just call that's, you remember that you call me mommy sometimes, but you won't remember what my name is. So that's, that's you can't do that. Yeah, yeah what do you, you can. mean you could do yep, that? Absolutely. You could make you okay. I, I could forget Sophie. I could forget your name. Yes. For how long does call that, me big sis? How long does that last for? So that's the thing. Um, it really depends on the susceptibility and stuff. This could be after a long time of hypnosis, a lot of repetition, permanent. That's what? Yep. Um, generally speaking, what happens is anything that would remind you. So if I ever say Sophie, if someone calls me Sophie, you will then remember it. Okay. Um, that makes sense. If uh, there's a there's generally a time delay, depending on your susceptibility and how many times it's happened. So right at first, it might literally be for a second or two that you wow. don't remember my name. But it might get 5, 10, 20 minutes. Wow. When creating triggers like this, it's usually best to have an end on it. So, for example, I might say, when um, I call you my little princess, you will forget my name. You'll remember you call me mommy, but that's that's all that you can remember that you've ever called me. Um, then when I say my big girl, you will remember what my name that my name is Sophie again. Okay, and of course, all of this plays into how much this person wants to yes. participate in this. Yep. But that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's memory, really... very, Ooh. very easy thing to manipulate because it's just people's memories are just so fundamentally inaccurate already. I, I'm over here. I so I I uh, program for for like fun. Like I I, I enjoyed the act of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm over here looking at this like a puzzle. Like oh, you could you could make someone remember this time that they were really embarrassed and really baby. Yeah. And you can dredge that memory up and then with the next phrase you can you can make them forget something else and then yes. you can you can start so, doing some cascading stuff. Yes, and this is really <laughs> cool because you can use a trigger to initiate trances. <laughs> so if you are doing this hypnosis and you spend fifteen minutes getting someone to a trance, while they're in their like they're in their trance, while they're susceptible, you mm-hmm. can say, When I say hypnoslut, mm-hmm. you will remember this feeling of calm and relaxation and you'll remember the, the blue uh, water around you or like, you know, tailor it to their, their space. Um, you'll remember how relaxed you feel and how how nice this feels, that kind of thing. Then you can use that later to make that 15-minute trance into mm-hmm, a two-minute mm-hmm. trance. It will, okay, it will really help yeah. and bring then, people back into that. Say say you're in a, a relationship where hypnotism plays a solid part. You can really use, it can use itself to, to speed up the process, to mm-hmm. reinforce the process. Yes. That's so interesting. Yep. And yes, you can cascade <laughs> back to um, when I uh, clap my hands three times, you'll remember that time when I took you to the mall in your little baby girl dress okay, or something like yeah. you can draw back to memories you can mm-hmm. use memory against people memory to reinforce feeling to yeah. make people forget something uh-huh. to oh 
Oof. I'm over here looking at this like, oh, all these if-thens I could make. I could, I could make a whole chain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to be the hypnotist, but I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. So it can do... It's funny because I went into this thinking of all the things hypnotism really couldn't do. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I know it can't do this. I know it can't do this. I know it's this, this, this. And I already, I did know it couldn't really influence action. But it's so funny thinking I didn't know all the things it could influence. And I think I honestly am more interested in it now because of all of the things it can than those things it can't. Like, action's fine. You could make someone quack or bark. But what if you make someone, like, like forget your name? That's, oh. Oof. So Oof. You, you said that um, they can't really influence actions too much, and while that's true to a degree, simple actions it can influence, yeah. like the thumb sucking thing, or like holding someone's hand when you cross the street, something like that. You can literally Ooh, say that. like, anytime you're at a street with, uh, oh my gosh, oh, I need to remember to say this, hypnotists, um, <laughs> make sure you use the terms I and someone correctly, because you can say... When you are at a street and someone is nearby, you'll hold their hands mm-hmm. to be safe. Yes. To feel that sense of safety. Or you can say, when I am nearby. And this okay. is a different thing because the, the I will, will make it you. You can even, if, if, you're, if you're doing a kind of hypnosis where you're not feeling like you are the, the one doing the hypnotizing a little, you can mm-hmm. say your name, you can say mommy, you can say something like that. Like, that will be... Uh, even probably better connected, especially if um, someone is repeating themselves the way that I do when I'm doing hypnotism. Mm-hmm. So you can say, like, um, when mommy is nearby and you cross the street, you'll feel safer holding her hand or something like okay. that. Okay. Um, and that that's a simple action with a simple trigger anytime you cross the street and hold my hand. And that's very easy. The, the difficult ones come when people are like, I want to make you fill your diaper. People can't just mess their pants on commands. Like, <laughs> even though you really want them to, they, they can't. It's mm-hmm. it, number one, a lot of it's biology and just like your digestion. And two, even with that, it takes a moment to like build yeah, that up and make it happen. A lot of, there's too many factors uh, involved in that. Yeah. But you can make someone extremely aware of yep. that and you can help. You can make it easier for them to yeah. overcome that action, which will be fueled by their desire to do it and your permission. Yes. That's so interesting. Any other questions? Honestly, I actually have a ton of questions, but none I think I can I can properly like explain during this podcast. Actually, if anybody has has questions for Sophie on this, you know what? Just email her. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably I'd probably answer those. If um, you've got some questions on like how do I make this happen, I can kind of reword it in a way that might be a little easier. But honestly guys, simplicity, it's it's really not that difficult. Simplicity, simple actions, don't make it really difficult body functions, and you'll probably be fine. So this this bit was not supposed to take the well, I I, I call it a bit, but this this discussion was not supposed to be this entire episode. Yeah. But but it, I think it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have one more thing to say. Okay. Which is the first time you do this, even seriously, even not in a role play, even if you're really trying your absolute 100% best to hypnotize someone, it's probably not going to work. Like, it, it's, don't, don't think that because they couldn't hypnotize you one time that it'll never work. It's, mm-hmm. it probably isn't going to work. It's, it, repetition and habit 
and it's that's all it is and it takes time and if you honestly sincerely want it to work in the future your number one best course of action is to pretend it did yes the if you pretend it did you're technically kind of tricking your own mind into thinking it it did and then after a few more times you might actually see it actually happening and it's possible the first hypnotism did work and it just didn't work enough it 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 moved you a little bit or it worked for one one second and mm-hmm. and you didn't even notice it working and then the next time it could work for one minute and the next time it could work for one hour etc like it's uh one of the things you've taught me today is hypnotism is done is done in multitudes not in in minutes yes you are not going to achieve exactly what you're looking for the first time you put someone into a trance and now i'm going to cycle back to what i said when I went to Capcom mm-hmm. and I went to a hypnosis panel, I got to see this in action. And it was someone hypnotizing someone new mm-hmm. that hadn't been in a trance before. And they said that they felt it, but like they weren't compelled. And then they did it on someone who like was their play partner for two years. Mm-hmm. And it was night and day. Like <laughs> Repetition is so important. Your technique, the way you do it is, is not really that important like you you can you have so much flexibility as a hypnotist a lot of it comes down on the hypnotized to make sure that you just even if it's not working pretend it does like Mm -hmm. put faith in it put trust in it and it'll probably be more likely to work for you and this is i imagine uh much easier with someone you trust someone you're okay to be vulnerable absolutely that's the susceptibility thing part of susceptibility is not just your personal susceptibility to hypnotism but it's the susceptibility to vulnerability around the other person i talk about it a lot i feel like even even in my daily life i don't know how much i talk about on the show but allowing yourself to be vulnerable is key in this situation allowing yourself to to be influenced by the other person is is critical to to uh getting something out of this if you have someone that you have no inhibitions around like how i am with chloe um your hypnotism is going to work much 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 better than someone who you trust but like also you still don't talk to about certain things Mm -hmm. because you're embarrassed about them like anything that anyone that you find that you can fully completely trust with everything is going to have a higher susceptibility. Totes. Lastly, always draw back to the fact that worse comes to worse. If you don't want it to, this will never impact your life in a negative way. They, it can't, it can't, they can't, that no one's mind controlling you. You, you are playing. Everything is playing. Even hypnosis and habits that you form from it are their, their play. Like, you're never going to be forced to do something you don't want because someone hypnotized you to do it. And like you said earlier, um, self-preservation always comes first. It's 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 always going to jump up and be like, no, sorry, I need to protect myself, preserve myself, avoid this thing. I, I need to, to put up my guard. Oh, and if someone calls you a baby at work and you don't immediately wet yourself, don't think, <laughs> oh, hypnotism isn't real. I'm just playing along this whole time. It's like, yeah. That is hypnotism. Hypnotism should not impact your, your day-to-day life and cause you more stress and discomfort. Like, mm-hmm. if it doesn't work, that is it functioning properly. Whew. That, 
That was a lot of much. We talked a lot about hypnosis. And I, I really enjoyed I didn't realize that. that I know so much about <laughs> hypnosis. You were, you were an education machine. I thought I thought we were going to have, like, uh, one of those topics where we, like, solve something together. No, it was just you teaching me. <laughs> I'm, I'm really well-versed in a lot of hypnosis stuff, partly because pudding is a a hypnodom so i learned a lot from her also because i did study this in school and it's very interesting mm-hmm, to me mm-hmm. um so i do know that i'm more informed than a lot of people but also i'm not as informed as like a specialist i'm not yeah. i'm not a hypnotherapist and i don't i even though i could probably hypnotize someone that puts me into a level of susceptibility as a professional that i'm personally not comfortable with and i don't think i would ever go after a hypnotherapy license that's fair um but uh, that being said, maybe I would just so I could use it in personal life. Like, I wouldn't probably put it oh, on you'd my... You'd be like, oh, sorry, sweetie, I'm a professional hypnotist. Like, do you really want to Do you really want to try and act like a big girl around you me? You know what? No, I kind of maybe do. <laughs> I, won't, I won't practice it, but I will learn it. Um, so I came out of this liking hypnotism even more. I hope, I hope people have come out of this uh, maybe understanding it better, maybe feeling more comfy with hypnotism or at least um, wanting to experiment a little mm-hmm. you know i i kind of want to you know um anyway we have to do a bet yeah i also think this is our longest episode without a guest i know so i guess like this was a, a big topic it's it's something we've talked about for a long time so uh I, i'm not super surprised it's also something people have wanted yeah so okay bet my idea for a bet is what would you rather be hypnotized about? What what would you, what effect? Okay, would, so like, what p- p- pick a pick a, on the fact a personal hypnot- hypnosis that you want? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, all right, and all then right. and then the our friends our fans can pick what one do, would I rather have? Who's who who whose do I agree with more? Okay, all right. Let me think about this a second. All right, I, I, I think I've got mine, and it's pretty quick because you actually already said it. Oh, okay. So, I'm really into name play. I love, before we even did this podcast, some of the, like, scenes I do with, with Liv are um, when, with little stuff like forgetting her name and calling her mommy. And really? the, or with, like, if I'm doing, like, pet play, forgetting my own name and only remembering the name she gave me and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that's cute. Exactly. I like name and memory play a lot because the names have weight. So if if I could choose a hypnotism, I think choosing for to be hypnotized, to forget Liv's name and only remember that I call her mommy, I, ugh, that's, ugh. Especially for, like, scenes and stuff, just, ugh. Like, like, you will forget, like, when she calls me something, I'll forget her name, and I will remember all those times I call her mommy, and then, like, let those two gaps fill in each other and stuff, and just, ugh, ugh. So that's fine. Forgetting, forgetting someone's name and being forced to call them mommy. Okay, I thought I was going to lose this bet because mine isn't about diapers, but yours also wasn't about diapers, so maybe I'm going to be okay. Okay. Um, mine is actually something that I sort of low-key pretend i'm a little bit hypnotized to do anyway okay something you self-reinforce it's something that i personally self-reinforce um and it is it is true even though i can shake it <laughs> i can shake it if i want to uh-huh, um, uh-huh mine is when i see someone's 
boobs. Okay. Instead of getting like aroused or turned on by them, I want to nurse. <laughs> this okay. is really fun because I have done this with a few partners in the past, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. including my mommy. And it's this thing where she'll take off her top and unhook her bra and I'll see her boobs. <laughs> and I'll kind of like, like, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like kind of melt into myself a little, and your I'll, face will turn this I'll color of red, really blushy, and I'll like, I'll kind of like look away and be like, I don't know what's going on, kind of thing. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, she's so so attractive, but oh, her boobs are so nice, and <laughs> this one I kind of just suckle. No, not suckle. That's weird. I, no, I'm I'm a, I'm a big girl. I, I wouldn't do that. And then she like stands really close to me and put her like boob mm-hmm, close mm-hmm. to my face, and I'd look at it and like my eyes would flutter closed, and I just like. Squirm and be like, oh, and then she'd like put her nipple toward my mouth and then pull away just as I go forward to Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. latch onto her. And then she'll be like, oh, you're such a little baby. You want to nurse on my breasts? Like, oh, that's just something little baby girls do. And I'm like, I'm not a baby. And she's like, well, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to nurse, then you have to admit Mm -hmm. you're a baby. And then I'm like, "Mm -hmm, baby. And then like, I get what I want, and it's just, uh yeah. Anyway, that's that's mine. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I, I I think these are both really good. Yeah. I. It's I, a little tricky because I think that I'm definitely going to swing pretty favorably toward um, people who only like girls or boobs mm-hmm. um, instead of yours is very generalizable. But, but. My, that's the problem with mine. Mine's very general, whereas yours is very sexy. It's actively sexy. Mine's, mine's got a lot of, like, weight and implication and little stuff, but yours is actively, in the moment, sexy. Hey, the implication of being at, like, the store with your mommy and, like, getting that trigger and mm-hmm. then being like, come on, I want to go check out the toys. Like, oh, I'm, like, who are you addressing? And then you happen to be like... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mommy, like that's also really attractive. So, like, I, I, oh, this is a really good bet. Okay, I'm really curious how this goes. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. All right, usual bet. Usual bet. <sighs> this uh, episode. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our super super long episode that Chloe has to go edit right now. Ah. Um. And uh, I'm just I'm really happy that we got to talk about this topic. Um. We are approaching our second anniversary. I'm so excited. So the next few episodes are gonna be a little bit more. Um. Actually, a little like this where they have a theme going, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna figure out what we're gonna do about all that, and um. You can look forward to that in our next few episodes. Uh, so. You're so blushy. I am. I'm still coming down from that little fantasy that I had to share with my, with people. Um, I had another fantasy that I shared with, with my mommy um, that is a totally different topic. And I will have to discuss that with you at another Ooh. time. Anyway, uh, if you want to vote on this week's bet, join us at patreon.com slash Pudding. Where else? Subscribe to dot adult slash Sophie Ann Pudding. And I, I imagine we will also, over the course of the week, be talking more about this topic in the Discord chat. Absolutely. If you, wanna, if you have questions, you want to sub for, like, the $5 tier to get to the podcast chat, we can we will probably be available and talking about this. And that is probably the only place in the world you'll get Pudding talking about this. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you want to talk to, like, an actual professional hypnodom 
who has practiced for years and is very good at it. It's a good place to go. Um, um, she will not hypnotize you. I'm going to say that she, she doesn't. She won't. She, she doesn't won't practice do it, but anymore. she will give hints and tips and like kind of help people out. Um, I'm sure she loves talking about it. Um, I know that uh, there's a lot of fans out there who wish they could support our show. It's it's five dollars a month. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. to to get all this content as well as our secret mini episodes that we release every few weeks that are Patreon exclusive. Um, but please don't put yourself in any dire straits in order to oh heck like, no. to do that. We we just just you listening to our show and even sending us an emails means so much to us. So thank you so much. And if you do have the financial stability to um, to join, then you can do that. And uh, we have subscriptions like year subscriptions now, annual subscriptions. Yeah. That's what they're called. And um, so if, if you know someone who might not have the money and you wanted to buy it for them, I think that that's something people can do now. Um, I don't know. It's, it's complicated. It's but a whole thing. Only do it for you is, is our message. You want to talk with us. You want to hear the, the super secret small episodes. You want to vote and stuff. That's where that stuff is. Yeah, but at the end of all these episodes, we always show the Patreon, and then we don't actually say anything about what it is. Um, so this is us as after 100 episodes telling you <laughs> like exactly how much it costs, exactly what you're going to get out of it, and how much we really, really, really appreciate that support because it, it is single-handedly what purchases our diapers right now uh <laughs> that's true uh yeah i mean i i have a job but i don't i'm, I'm still in my introductory barely getting paid part of my job <laughs> um okay so thank you everyone for listening you can find us on twitter at the usual bet and you can also email us at the usual mailbox at gmail.com thank you mimi for help with our theme song thank you juice for our wonderful cover you can find it at patreon.com slash juiceboxart and shame on kimmy i think after this many episodes if you if you don't know why we shame kimmy then i mean that's on you guys uh also also thank you pudding for for uh helping us to understand this over the course of of our lives yeah honestly i don't think i would know half as much as i know about hypnosis if it wasn't for my co-writer if you want to support her um, then conveniently, that's also patreon.com slash and pudding. Like, I mean, uh, she writes some pretty hot stuff, so you can read all that. Um, that's, right. that's it for the episode. We will see you next week for, uh, Halloween. Spooks! How's it already Halloween? So wild. Um, and then, uh, our anniversary. So thank you so much for all of your love and support over the past two years. We, we cannot thank you enough. Thank you. We will see you soon. See you. Bye. Bye-bye.